Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And I'm at Justin Bizarro on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, I had a few questions that I wanted to quick answer online before we introduce our guest for episode 125. Um, the question was, Is what, where did I come from? Why did I do this? And what is my background? So I've always been a food and beverage entrepreneur. Um, I picked up food and beverage from my family. Uh, my father's in the business. And we work together and things like that. And then from there, I've spun off various businesses, had successes and failures throughout the years. But I started the podcast as a way to give back. So that's sort of my background. Um, I help other food and beverage entrepreneurs through co-packing, build their businesses, um, develop products for commercialization and innovation and go to market, as well as do things for grocery stores, hospitals, long-term care homes, jails, things like that. Uh, all over the country in the United States. So I have a food service background, very diversified information technology, um, point of sale systems, construction of restaurants, uh, restaurant equipment, all that type of stuff, food trucks and things like that. So that's sort of my background. But thank you everyone for the questions. I will continue to answer them as I we do these episodes. But with all of that being said, I'd like to welcome back David Sevchek from episode 23 of Mac and Noodles. How are you doing, David? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back, Justin. So we're already, it took too long to get to part two, but this podcast thing has gotten a little crazy, so I apologize. But it's perfect timing because as we talked about on your first episode, episode 23, which I recommend everyone to go back and listen to. Um, you are doing a mac and cheese 5k race, which seems pretty cool. And, uh, you're, you were actually also getting a second food truck. You had started off with one and you were getting ready to launch your second one by the time we talked. So we got quite a bit to talk about. So let's start off with the mac and cheese 5k. Let's sort of, you know, rewind back, give everyone a refresher. Why did you decide to do a mac and cheese 5k race in Denver? Uh, so the mac and cheese 5K kind of combines the two things I do a lot. Um, I'm, I'm a big runner myself. I run the Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon, um, and many races. And there was just no race like I traveled to or like back in my hometown in Iowa um, in Denver that, you know, so I just thought, let's create it. And so my fiance being a big runner as well, um, that was kind of our passion project together and just see if we can create something to, um, build the memories and, and bonds that I have with running and that she has with running and kind of give, you know, those memories back to the community and make something different. Well, so you didn't run the New York marathon this past weekend, did you? No, I ran the New York marathon. Um, I believe it was two years ago in 2017 oh man well so let's talk about that a little bit and i want to actually connect these two things and i'm going to draw a drawbridge i guess uh between training for a marathon and running a marathon and then starting your own business being the food trucks i mean how do they relate to one another i mean i envision there's a lot of commonalities yeah the the biggest thing is it's never a sprint and it's a changes over time that make the biggest differences and the consistencies. So, you know, it's like the food truck in the first year, 2016, 
things were slow. It was really hard work. Um, and I, I kind of equate that just to starting your training. You know, when you decide to start running a marathon, you know, you might start with three miles and you might run eight minute miles. Um, but you know, next thing you know, four months later, you're running five, six miles and you're running seven minute miles. Um, and so it just slowly picks up and it's the work that you do before that kind of builds into, um, the successes you have in the future. Okay. So, you know, basically it's that, you know, there's never an overnight success, really. It's like, you've got to train for it just like in business and you've got to just take the time and have the discipline to do it every day, to accomplish a few things every day towards that goal, which in one case is running the marathon and the other case is to have a successful food truck business. And, you know, I want to get all the way back into the food trucks, but first I want to talk more about the Mac and cheese 5k if someone's in Denver and they want to do this, when is it, how do they register and where can they find you guys online? So it is Sunday, November 17th. The time is 10 a.m. start for in Washington park in Denver, um, right off of Downing street there at Denver South high school would be the best place to park. And then it's just a loop and a half around the park. Um, the best way to register is www.macandcheese5k.com. So M A C N C H E E S E 5k.com. Um, and that's the best way you can do it. You can also find um, us on Facebook through Mac and Noodles website or um, any of our social media outlets, which is Mac and Cheese 5k on Instagram or Mac and Noodles. Um, and so the registration, it's only $35. Um, we'll have race day registration from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the park, um, right across the diagonal on the southeast corner of Franklin and Mississippi, I believe. So, I mean, just out of curiosity, I mean, it, are people taking interest? I mean, right before we started recording, you were talking about how busy you are. So I've got to imagine that trying to set up this 5K is different than trying to run your food truck business. So. I mean, what are some of the struggles that you're having or, or hardships in setting this up? So some of the, the hardest parts is Denver is a very saturated market for running. Um, and so, you know, we're not like we are with the food truck. We are the only true mac and cheese food truck in Denver. Um, but with the 5K, there's lots of 5Ks, whether it's the pumpkin pie 5K, the hot chocolate 5K, you know, the Colfax Marathon has a 5K, Rock and Roll Denver has a 5K. Uh, so trying to differentiate ourselves from those races um, and also trying to get across that we're local because a lot of people think, oh, they're just, you know, like a California money company coming in trying to get as many people and leave. Uh, but it is just me and my fiance, just small timers in Denver trying to host a race. Um, and so just differentiating that would be the hardest part. Um, and then, you know, hoping that it works out and, uh, you know, we'll see in two weeks where we get. And I actually love your logo for the Mac and cheese, uh, 5k. I love the logo. How did <laughs> you, you guys do the logo? So there's a website called fiverr.com, F I V E R.com. And it's a bunch of freelance developers. Um, and so I just paid someone $20, told them I was looking for a block of cheese and running shoes and a sweatband and, uh, after a few revisions, that's what we came up with, and uh, I kind of liked it, and it was catchy, so um, we just stuck with it, and uh, then we just added the date and the uh, month at the bottom, and kind of just came all together. And that's a pretty, pretty incredible twenty dollars for a logo. I remember 
when I first started, geez, like 17, 18 years ago, it was like $10,000 for a logo kit. Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, it's just how much life has changed. You know, you could get it as low as 1000 or 500 for for logos as well, but they weren't coming from high-quality logos or the design and art that were put into yours. They were more like just fancy words with an underline under them or something. So that's pretty awesome. I, I like it. So are you yourself going to run the race? Uh, I'm not, you know. <laughs> I... I would love to. Um, this race, we're, we're hoping to build it into like not only a family fun, fun race for everybody, but we're also hoping to have the competitive nature of Colorado because we got a lot of elites in the Springs, Denver, and Boulder, and up to Fort Collins. Um, so we're really hoping to draw a lot of crowd. Um, and just you know, I don't get to run a whole lot in competitive races, so you know, I, I would enjoy to run it, but I'll be managing the food and everything else that day instead. Yeah, that's a a tough one. So, I mean, you the person running it probably needs to be there all the time. I was just curious. So, I want to take a moment because you're doing such a great thing. I want to make sure that you give time and I give you time to sort of talk about your sponsors who are sponsoring your event. Um, tell us a little bit about the food that's there and and what people can expect from the event. I mean, obviously, it's not only running the race, but it's it's everything else that goes along with it. Yeah, so um, sponsors, we have Renewal by Anderson, we have Boulder Running Company, ASICS, um, we have um, uh, Back to Motion Physical Therapy, uh, you're putting me on a spot here, I'm not, not quite remembering it all, um, and we have um, just local groups, um, and then we're working with a bunch of different local charities, some of them are being like Sparkling Kindness, um, we have Foster Source. We have the Bree Project, which is a child suicide awareness group that we're working with, um, and a bunch of different people in, in Denver that are, might be smaller local ones that you might not hear about. But if you, you go to our website, they're on there, um, and just trying to raise as much awareness as possible for for all those groups, and you know, getting our sponsors to be front and uh, visible at the finish line as well. Yeah, I think that's pretty that's awesome. And um, so- oh. I was gonna, and along the course um yeah so we're doing things a lot different we're gonna have a dj there so we're gonna have some upbeat positive music at the start uh we have some unknown facts about cheese that we'll have on placards across the the uh, race you know around wash park we got one for every quarter mile so wash park is two and a half miles around so we printed 10 of them um, and so every quarter mile you'll be able to see a different random fact whether that's what's the most popular cheese in the world or about cheddar itself you know i won't ruin those you'll have to run to find them out um but then we also have a cool finish line area where we got a bunch of inflatables so uh trying to recapture the finish of running down the boston marathon or the new york city marathon well we might not have thousands of people standing there to cheer you on uh, we do have inflatables and a photographer who's going to take uh pictures and it's just going to be a really cool picture with uh the branding of the race we got that's pretty amazing so let me ask a question on here um because in case there's anyone out there i know we have a lot of food people that that listen in on the podcast we have a lot of business people that listen in on the podcast so if i'm one of these people and i want to sponsor the event like how do i go about sponsoring the event 
The best way would be to email me at info, I-N-F-O, at macandnoodles.com. Uh, there is also a form submission box on the website itself for Mac and Cheese 5K or Mac and Noodles. And if you send me uh, information with your contact information or how to get a hold of you, I will reply daily um, with the information and even get on the phone and you know see what we can do to, to work together. I think that's, that's awesome. So, I mean, I'm sure that you probably have pricing in there and, and categories. So that's obviously something you have to look at, you know, probably the more money, the more hype you get, if, if you will. But I'm, you know, I know there is, there is prize money, uh, for running the race. There's according to the website, $5,000 and prize monies for people. So explain to me that a little bit, what are the prizes and, and how are the monies awarded? Yeah, so we have $5,000 we're handing out for this race. We're going to hand um, $2,500 out to the top six men and $2,500 to the top six women. So it'll go in first through sixth place, $1,500, dollars $300, and $100 uh, for places one through six. We also have uh, gift cards and prizes for age group awards too. Um, if you're not quite, you know, if you might be a little past your prime, but you're still one of the top of your age group, uh, we do have age group awards as well. Uh, the prize money is just something we thought we could differentiate ourselves. There's not really a race in Colorado that gives away money. Um, but if you look at, on a national scale, the best races around, uh, you could do the Peach Tree 5K in uh, Atlanta. You could look at the New York City Marathon, the Chicago Marathon, um, California International Marathon, obviously the Boston Marathon. Uh, to get the best in the world, you got to put up money. Um, and so my fiance and I just put it up out of our own pocket. And we're hoping that, you know, that gets people to show up to the race um, and just the talk and the communication of, of what it's like. Um, and that also comes from the, our running background where, you know, we just want to be competitive. We want to give everyone an opportunity to push themselves and become the best they can. Um, and without other people running hard next to you, it's almost impossible to run your best. Um, so we thought, you know, what better way than kind of also support the local community and the people who, you know, train at 5 a.m. when the rest of us are sleeping to uh to give them the opportunity to you know fulfill their dreams and win a race and maybe put some dollars in their pocket as well and i mean the the thing about it is you've had to go out and market it right so i'm there's people out there denver's a great running city there's lots of runners i i live right near the canal and see all the people running all the time and, and run myself. And so I see people out there. But, I mean, how how did you go about it? I mean, did you go set up in, in every running store? I mean, how do you go about promoting this? event? obviously, anyone who comes to your food trucks can hear about it. But how did you have to think outside the box to really get the word out there? Yeah, we got a, we got a couple of funny stories. Um, we did go to every running store in the metro. Um, for, you know, close to us, we didn't quite make it down to Parker or Castle Rock or the Springs, but um, anywhere from Boulder to Denver, we've been in the running store. We've dropped off flyers and information in there. We've gone to different run clubs around, and we've given away free mac and cheese to everyone who shows up to the running club and just talked about the race. We've put a lot of money into Facebook advertising, um, and if you ran the Bronco 7K or the hot chocolate 5k 15k rock and roll um you might have come back and seen a flyer on your car and that was us walking around the parking lot while everyone was running and putting the pamphlet on the dashboard um under the 
windshield wiper. Um, and one of the you know fun part was you just never know what you're going to run into. Um, and some people aren't happy. The the Broncos kicked us out of their parking lot. Um, but it was you know it was just one of those things where we're just trying to do anything we can think of to get the word out. Oh, and I, I love the I actually love the old school mentality because the whole putting flyers underneath uh, windshield wipers it you know if it were some random event and it wasn't people running I'd be like okay that's not the greatest use but when it is another running race and it is people there it's it actually makes complete sense to do that and I love the intuitive nature of it and you know I love the getting out there and doing it yourself there's nothing like being on the street and trying to build something from the ground up it's just it's exciting it's thrilling it's fun and it's a little bit nervous because you're not sure if it'll work or not but you're doing it anyway yeah i mean that's the thing you just never know what's going to work and most of the times you know we didn't get a lot of hits or registrations but we did see a lot of traffic to our website on those days um and so even you know the right after the hot chocolate run that was our best registration day so far um but after the broncos 7k you know it was a crap shot and and my biggest thing is just get the word out there and if we do a good event hosting the first time you know it'll build itself Um, and so just the more visibility the better well i think that's it and over time people talk about it and things like that and i know there's also prizes for the best costume so you're encouraging people to have mac and cheese costumes yeah we are we want people to dress up we want people to have fun with it you know every every race has a um, combination of fun and competitive and if you can strike the right balance i think you can really create something that goes well in the community and people can get excited for so we do have a prize for the best costume um once again that'll be a have to show up to find out what it is but it'll be pretty cool for the the person who wins that rate that um contest i think it's it's amazing and i mean so what I mean, so they come, they they run, they have the mac and cheese. I mean, are there other mac and cheese vendors there? Are you guys doing all the food, or are there other vendors there? I mean, how does that work? So we are we're doing all the food. Um, I'll have my two trucks there at the finish line, um, and we'll have we have a system so we can um, get as much mac and cheese out as there's runners possible. If we keep seeing more and more registration, I have friends with other food trucks. Um, and we'll just have them come and make my mac and cheese as well. And so that way, you know, you'll have three trucks, but maybe only two of them might be mac and noodles to hand out all the mac and cheese. Um, so that was kind of our backup plan with some friends offering to help us out. Um, but, you know, right now where we're at, you know, we'll probably just have my two, my two trucks there, unless the, the next two weeks kind of go beyond our wildest dreams. It's pretty amazing. So let's talk about the trucks you know last time we talked i think it was february or march um you were about to launch a second truck so you were scaling yourself up and you had talked about maybe doing a different concept but you decided to double your existing concept obviously one because you were the only true mac and cheese truck in denver so you have a a niche in terms of that so why not offer two trucks to continue to fill that niche but really you know Tell me about the decision to do two trucks. How do you run two trucks? And, and, I mean, have you had to hire people? So give me the whole lowdown of this whole, you know, mad science that you've had to to expand your business. So it's, it's been a wild, wild journey. Uh, we've definitely hired people. We went from 
about three or four people to we had 10 or 11 at the height this summer with um, and that didn't include friends that would come in on the weekend or um, friends of other employees who would just come in and help us out on big events um, and so it was the hardest part is trying to take away from my plate and give other people the roles and responsibilities um, so I have one friend Mason who he now does the scheduling um, I book all the events I line those up but as far as watching our our labor and our employment like he's the one who hires now he's the one to um, set the schedule and you know and then when people have problems you know trying to off put that and delegate responsibilities you know that would go between Jesse Mason and Brandon now um, and so trying to just take away from everything I did on one truck that I was on 24 seven and kind of, you know, putting those between multiple people. Now uh, we have one guy who does all the prep. So he boils all the noodles. He slices all the vegetables. He cooks all the meats. Um, and that helps with our consistency. So, you know, it's not us rushing in the morning to get that done. We have one guy who comes in on Monday. Um, and then you just get a better product by kind of having people specialize in, in what they do. Uh, to the point that it it got it never got easy, um, but it was a lot more manageable, and I had a lot more free time conveniently running two trucks than I did running one. Well, there starts to be economies of scale, right? Like you said, so one guy, and now you can have one guy pay him enough time to just do all the prep for two trucks. Which, yeah, that was that was huge because, um, you know it when you can split those costs between two trucks and he can do twice, you know, as efficient as someone would while they're trying to juggle three other things, it made a huge difference um, to the point that, you know, we have, we have new news. We have um, a lot of exciting things going on and um, just ever delegating to other people has, has made the world of a difference, even though that's probably the hardest thing to do when it's your baby. And so um, I didn't catch what you said there, but did you say something about new news? We do. So um, we actually just purchased our third truck. Oh, wow. Um, and this one's going to be a brand new concept. Um, and the process of learning from one to two and taking yourself off of one truck, you know, it took me off of one truck and then we learned how to run one without me. Now we're comfortable to the point where we can take myself off of two trucks and then I can go start the third truck and kind of just reciprocate everything that's worked um, so far with those two trucks into a brand new concept. And so is it, it's, it's, can you say what that new concept is yet? Yeah, it's, it's going to be called capital city wraps. We have created the Facebook and the Instagram. We haven't made any um, posts to it yet. Uh, We'll have the logo designed here in the next couple of days and it should be on the road before the end of the year. Um, But it, it came back to that, that debate I was having back in February and March of, you know, do I go with one or do I go with two? And, um, throughout the summer we found, you know, Tommy who does all the prep, you know, is he used to work at the Capitol grill downtown. And, um, so using his knowledge and Brandon's knowledge and Jesse's knowledge, um, and then letting Mason schedule the employees around it has really given us the free time. Um, and so people can specialize and we've just become so much more efficient at everything we do that we can start a third truck and, you know, keep on, keep on going. Well, so this is an incredible story. So, I mean, it basically took you three years to get from one truck to two trucks. And it's basically taken you six months now to get from two trucks to three trucks. Correct. Yep. 
Yep, it's been a it's been a wild ride. So, but I mean, the story's incredible, right? It's not the overnight success, but now that you've got it scalable, now you can scale it quicker, which is pretty cool, which means you've done well at going from one to two, so now two to three is that much easier. That's our hope, you know. We'll we'll see what happens uh, with the new concept. I imagine there'll be a slight learning curve, um, not so much with the processes and um, the events that we go to, but a lot more with the food. Um, but that's where, you know, having Tommy specialized in the prep, you know, he can now take on the prep of the third truck as well and allow us to kind of just go out and sell. I think that's awesome. Congratulations. That's pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's just, I'm really happy for you because I'm just like, to get to that point, I mean, you're really just, you've accelerated yourself now to the next level of, of entrepreneurship and, and building a business and having employees and to the point where, you know, three trucks is, is really off to a great start. Yeah, that's, that's what we're hoping. And, you know, we had dreams of going to a restaurant before we went to a, another food truck, but um, this one just kind of seemed to be the most logical and, um, you know, to the point where I don't even, I don't even know where we'll be in six months. Um, I don't know where it will be in a year, but I'm kind of excited to get there. Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen a lot of food trucks, particularly in Georgia and on the East Coast, do that. They go from one to two food trucks and then, or one food truck to a restaurant. And then they fall into the brick and mortar problem and the stuck in a location problem. And then they fail. And when they were doing great with the the food truck, now some people succeed. The percentage is still the same, interestingly it doesn't vary very much going from a food truck to a restaurant and then having the restaurant succeed or fail because you had a food truck first. It really, the, the percentage doesn't matter. The benefits of the food truck are the lower label, the simple recipes, the, the easier health inspections and things like that, and the mobility of being able to move around and find new clientele and not being stuck in one place. So, I mean, and I built restaurants and, and been involved in restaurants and, and owned some restaurants and, um, or been an owner, I should say, I haven't owned them myself, but been an owner with other people. And the problem is, is the fluctuation, you know, a location is restaurants do very well. A lot of them do well long-term, um, but most of them don't do well in the long term and really don't do well in the first year or two. And you don't have the ability, like a food truck, to move to a different location, to adjust your simple menu, to, to go after that market or try new events and gain access to new clientele where, like in restaurants, you have to market, 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 you know, and social media and pay for it, pay for it. But with a food truck, you're paying to go to an event where you're actually serving your food so people get to taste it. And there's no better marketing in food than people being able to taste your product. So, no, there's, there's not. And so it's pretty cool what you're doing, and I really like the way you're going. I think it's the right thing to do, um, you know, if my opinion mattered. But it's um it's i really love what you're doing so what i mean capital city wraps you're doing sandwiches i would assume yeah so we're gonna do we're gonna do a different take so mac and noodles um you know it's a cheese it's the mac and cheese you know not necessarily the healthiest connotation of food but it's a comfort food that everyone loves and you know we do we do really well um and so with the wraps 
we kind of went to the other side and we went to what more, you know, is a better lunch option, um, might sell better at lunch offices on the roads um, for corporate caterings. And that's where we kind of came up with the rafts idea is because, you know, it just kind of hit the market that we felt we were missing with the mac and cheese. And that way, most of the events we go to, you know, a lot of them will say, hey, David, you know, we love having mac and noodles here. Who else should we have here? Um, and now instead of giving away all that business to other people, you know, we can be like, well, we got a wrap truck. So now we got your gluten-free, we got your dairy-free, we got your vegan-friendly wraps. Aside, we also got the kid-friendly mac and cheese. Um, and so that was kind of the thought process with, with the wraps. And then we also were planning to do some soups. So soups and wraps um, and kind of the same quality that we take from mac and noodles. You know, we're not going to do deli meat sandwiches. Uh, we're going to do actual, you know, we'll maybe have like a Cuban mac and cheese or a, uh, we have one guy who's from Bolivia. And so he'll have a, like a South American style um, and we'll do maybe a, a Philly cheesesteak wrap, um, just different styles like that. And so we're still working on the menu and um, we haven't tightened it up too much yet, but that was kind of the idea. That's pretty awesome. Um, I like the idea of doing the whole proteins versus the lunch meat style. I think, we could use a lot more of that, the whole chicken breasts and stuff like that, or at least chopped up or sliced versus that lunch meat style. I think there's a huge potential for that and so many variations. So I I like that. I'm looking forward to trying that. That's for sure. So the the thing is, is now you're, you're rising, right? You're going to have more employees and you're going to have more people work for me, for you. I mean, tell me a little bit about your mindset now because you're going – you're managing people, but you're starting to go from a manager to a leader with a vision of his company. So, I mean, what are some of the core values that you think that you're going to need to have in order to, to really grow this thing from a leadership standpoint? I think the biggest things for me are always trust and respect. Um, I want, you know, the people that work for me um, to trust me that I have their best interests in mind. Um, I know that I can't do my dreams without them. And then, you know, for me, I also have to respect them that, you know, they're giving up their freedom and choices to work for me and to, you know, do what I ask. Uh, and so that, you know, it's a two way street that I always have their best interest in mind and they always have my best in interest in mind. Um, and together, you know, I keep telling them, you know, I'm not really out here to get, you know, rich by myself. It's a lot more fun to help everyone build their dreams um, and so hopefully, you know, I I can lead with that and, and show people that I, I'm really not trying to be selfish and that, you know, we can all do this together and uh, ride the roller coaster together than by yourself. And I think that's just a whole part of it, right? Like while you're the one behind this, the thing and started in the first place and the idea, you couldn't have grown it without them. And I Correct. think that's pretty cool. Um, and that you recognize it, the humility there to see that I did this with everyone. I need to treat them the right way. They are giving up their time and their freedom to do this for me. I need to be respectful of them. And, and trust is something that's earned both ways. You know, and I think that's great. Like I grew up on a horse farm and I grew up with animals. So one of the things that I 
learned very early on is that it's a two-way trust you want an animal to to trust you 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 know and you want to trust the animal you really have to build that slowly over time and it takes time and it takes actions and it's not something that's given it's earned and i think it's the same with the employees you earn their respect they earn yours you gain their trust they gain yours but it all takes actions even as a leader they just because they work for you and you pay them doesn't mean that they should trust you and i no, and i think that's perfect go ahead yeah and i just i just always i always try and lay out the vision the bigger picture you know it's like hey guys here here we are today but in 5 years i don't want any of us to be doing this anymore i want us to be teaching the next people to do this stuff i don't you know and and that's where I always try and just show them like this is where I want us to be. This is where I want you to do. Um, and so if you can do the stuff you don't necessarily like doing right now, there's a bigger picture down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important because a lot of times we get in the minutia and the employees or our teams. We we see what we do every day and it doesn't feel like we're going anywhere. But if we give them a point to go towards. And then we lay it out just like you just did of these little things that they can do every day to sort of keep going towards that road five, five years down the road. Then you grow. Then it's from one food truck to two and then two to three. And guess what? You need the people that already knew the first one to help grow the second one and help grow the third one. So there's more and more positions within management and leadership for those people that have been there from the very beginning because why no one else knows the system better and then they train the next generation and so on and so forth then by next generation i don't mean generation of human beings i mean generation of growth within a business and Mm -hmm. so i think that's really cool what you're doing thank you and so i mean now you're growing you have all this stuff what motivates you I mean, how do you, I mean, what is it that, that you wake up in the morning and excites you about your job that keeps you going every day? I say uh, job, but it's really the fun at this point. You've gone through the, the hum. Now it's growing. Yeah. I'd say, uh, it's a, it's a fear of failing. Um, you know, we've not, we haven't always had successes. We've had some failures, um, in our trips out to California. Um, and that was a big one when we first started, but, you know, to get here and to have everyone give give so much of their time and effort and sweat to to build this, the the fear of failing is kind of what motivates me. And um, the other part is is I know if I don't keep this thing growing and give people the next opportunity, then I'm going to lose good people who you know are now more friends and family to me than um, employees. So you know that's that's my social life is is the people I work with, and um, so the fear of not giving them the opportunities and the, the life that they could dream and also just failing and having to, to go back to, you know, where it all started is gets me every morning. And I try and, you know, not to forget the hard times so we can, we can keep going and, and, you know, live like, you know, I'm still starting from ground zero. Yeah. That's a definite one to have to start all over again and go back to where you've already been through. The scary part is you don't know if you'd want to do it again because you already know everything you've been through. And that's, say, that's a tough what one. I, that's what I tell everyone. It's like, knowing what I know now, would I do it again? Probably not. Yeah. But would I change it? Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, is, I mean, that's also in a vacuum. I mean, you know a lot more now than you did at the beginning. 
So you could try to say, oh, it'll take me less time to restart. I could rebuild. I have everything that I know now. But the difference is, is you don't know what was actually in place to learn and the pivots that happen at the right time because of those things that actually led you to where you are. So it's not always true. And that's the tough part, you know, and, and then, you know, what employees do you use lose? Because a lot of your successes and failures as business owners are the people that help you build it with you. The, the coworkers, the, the teammates, the employees, whatever you want to call them, they're there with you along the way, the whole way. And you don't know what they contributed to build the business. So trying to start over, I agree. Um, that would be rough. So the fear of failing is definitely a powerful motivator. Um, and I understand that 100%. Um, I have that same fear. I don't, I don't want to fail. I don't, I don't want to start again. I don't want to not have money coming in. I don't want to not have our employees have good jobs or teammates have good jobs. I don't, I want to make sure that everyone's taken care of and our customers are happy. And, you know, there's this constant balance because at the end of the day, I don't want to have to start over again. It's too much to go back. And so there's that as well. And I'm not saying that's true for everything in my life, but for business, it's certainly something that drives me every day. And the other, the other part is, you know, it's not that ever going for it and, and failing is embarrassing, but I would be embarrassed if, if we failed and having to, you know, when people ask, like, it's not a question I'd want to answer, but I know it would, what I would have to say. So. So David, um, you mentioned your girlfriend was helping you with the mac and cheese 5k. Is she involved in the businesses as well? Or is the mac and cheese 5k something she's more involved with you with? I think her name was Megan, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Megan. Yep. She's, uh, uh, I mean, she, she helps a lot with the business. You know, she's my emotional support and she's the one that kind of, what I need just to get my mind off of something, she'll pull me away and just, you know, help me forget so i can go back and and come with a clear mind um she'll come and work with me in the truck but she does still have her day job so um a lot of the time during the day you know it's on me but at night you know she's always around willing to help and brings a smile and um but her her biggest her biggest help is with the 5k and and kind of she's much more detail oriented than i am and so all the small little pieces that everybody knows i forget all the time um because i just always have the big picture in mind she definitely helps me do that and she takes care of it. And, um, you know, she does, she does so much that, that I probably don't realize, um, to, to make sure that while I go out and do the big things, she's kind of picking up all the pieces I forget. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I think that the teamwork part of it and then having, you know, being successful in business and growing a business as you've done requires that support. It either requires not having someone or someone that's supportive, someone that's constantly on you or doesn't want to spend time with you while you're doing it or, or trying to build a business that gets a little difficult because then you're torn in different directions. And that's not saying two people can't have separate lives and still be supportive of each other. But when you have someone that really wants to be involved and do it with you, the success is so much greater because the celebrations are so much better because you're doing it together. And I think that's a big part of it. Absolutely. For sure. It's uh it's cool to be able to text her and be like, Hey, we're at, you know, 500 people registered and, you know, we kind of hit that milestone. We didn't think we'd hit or, uh, and, you know, we got to talk about it. Uh, and then, 
you know, at night we, you know, quickly scroll through and I'm always checking it. She's like, David, quit checking every minute. And I'm like, but I just want to know where we're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I know that feeling. I, I'm the constant wanting to know how things are doing. And she's just, leave it alone. It'll be more satisfying later. So, uh, Deborah is who I'm speaking about. But, so, I mean, if we take a step back, it's been since 2016 so over three years um going on four that you've started this business i mean what are some of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn or some of the the mo the things that you think someone should know that would make them the most successful based on your experience uh what the the obvious one is you know it never happens as fast as you want it takes time um and and the sacrifices, you know, I, I gave up my social life. I, I don't drink anymore. Uh, I don't really go out anymore. Um, and so it takes more than just the, the nine to five. And the, the part is you can never get away from it. So um, a lot of people, you know, when I'm, I was at my brother's wedding uh, last summer and the truck broke down in Denver and, you know, he's walking down the aisle in 15 minutes and I'm there on the phone talking to people back in Denver and he's like, David, hang up. And I was like, I can't. Um, and so, you know, I got I have hundreds of examples like that where literally the last thing I want to do is be on my phone, but I'm on my phone because I can, I can never get away. And I don't think with, with any business, if you're going to do it right, you know, you're always on call. You know, you never get a day off, even when you're not physically working at the location. Um, it's hard to let the mind go. Uh, and that's why, you know, I haven't gone on any, any vacations really in a, in a while. Um, and uh, it was kind of funny seeing Elon Musk talk about that recently, how vacations will kill you. Um, but that would that would be the the one thing I would I would tell anyone is like, are you willing to give up your social life? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to not go out to dinner for the next month because you're worried if you can cover your labor bill? Um, and and those sacrifices that nobody sees and might get taken by your friends the wrong way as being cheap or um you know just not wanting to hang out with them truly aren't the case it's just can you make it a priority yeah and i i you there's a lot of deep things in there that i really want to touch upon and the first part is um the sacrifice and the friends and the drinking and the social life and going out i think there's you know, one of the things is you have to make the sacrifices now if you want the benefit later. And by benefit, I don't mean that your time gets any more. I just mean that you have more money to deal with. Life is a little bit less stressful. You can enjoy some finer things in life or have the money to grow your business easier as time goes by. But the thing is, is and I know this as well, is the more you become dedicated to it, the more you have to be there and build the businesses the more you, you lose friends and you lose people in your life because they don't think they're a priority. They don't understand why aren't you drinking, um, same boat, you know, because as things explode in your business, there's not time for it. And there's not time to let your guard down for a second. And that's not the right word because you still enjoy life, but you don't want to be out somewhere drinking and then have a call and not be able to get there because you can't drive or you can't get on a plane or, you know, so there's this thing where there's a higher responsibility. It's like the Spider-Man movie with, with great power becomes great responsibility or whatever the saying is. 
and that's true as a business owner the the bigger you get the more you have the more people that you employ the mo- more people whose livelihoods rely on you the more you know that the bigger the business gets the bigger the financial decisions to get it's almost more likely that failure is going to happen at a larger scale that you've got to be involved in it. it it doesn't get easier but what it does to what you're saying is you train yourself. You start training yourself. Okay, I don't need this. I don't need to be fulfilled by my social life. I can be fulfilled by my business. I can be fulfilled by my significant other because we're involved in this together and we're building something together and ultimately be able to use those same tools to build a family. You know, things like that matter so much in a business and I love that those are the things that you you talked about because the sacrifice is very real. And it's not meant for, you know, the, the light spirited because it takes dedication. It takes time. It takes money. It takes tears. It takes, you know, times of joy. It takes all of it. It takes more frustration and and patience. And I even know what to deal with. You know, there are days that a little thing seems that it, it sets me off when the reality is I just lost my patience from the 12 hours before from having to deal with different stuff all day. And, but that's a very real thing. And I really like that you said that. And, and it does enable itself as you grow and you have more people and people that take ownership in the business, like you said, um, when you're helping them come up through the business and b- growing the business so they can grow and having reliable people so you can enjoy time with your family. You can be present in those moments. But the reality is, is at a moment's notice, you may be needed, particularly in a business like you're in where it's food. It's running 24-7 most of the time. I wouldn't say complete 24 hours, but it could be one day if you eventually add breakfast and you do later things on weekends. The thing's a a machine. It goes 24-7. So I think that's really cool. And it was actually interesting is um, a couple of weeks ago, we have events that go late at night and then we still have to come in and do lunch. And I had texts from my, my team at 11 o'clock at night um, and then even up to midnight. And then I had more texts at five in the morning. So the bigger we get, it seems like it just never stops. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that really happened is it's letting go of the it's as you, you know, being a big picture person, you tend to get better at the big picture stuff and leadership where if you're so detail oriented, it's great for the business, but you have trouble growing your business because you want to handle every detail and you can't take a step back to let the other people handle the, the little details. And, um, it's an interesting thing, right? Like Deborah's way more detail oriented than I am. She, you know, if it were up to her, she'd only grow a business to a, a certain point and that's enough. I can only handle this much because I got to make sure I know every piece where I'm like, you know what? We need to find the right people. They need to be detail oriented. We need to be big picture and we need to manage it. And you just find a balance between one another. That's pretty cool. But it is that way. I mean, you're trying to figure out how to communicate a million moving pieces because the more you grow, the more communications take on. I know in my own case, the more customers we have, the more clients we have, the more communication, you know, so it's not like all of a sudden it's, oh, new business, new money, you know, it's like new business, new headaches, new communications, more emails, you know, more time spent on the business. It's not, you know, it just doesn't happen. And so 
you know, you hope to grow so you can hire more employees to handle that stuff. But the reality is, um, I always call it the vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner was made to help people have more time in their lives to do other things so they didn't have to clean their, their house. Well, what did the vacuum cleaner actually do is just create time for people to fill it with other things that they had to do, not enjoy it. So it's a little bit like that, right? You invent the vacuum cleaner, people have... Um, you know, go from smaller houses to larger houses. Why? Because they're easier to clean. There's no longer the, you know, reason not to clean them, you know, or stay small because you have to clean it and how much time it has, you know, so things like that. No, that's a good point. And so, David, as we um, we wrap up this episode, I mean, is there anything that you want to share with everyone about your businesses? I mean, things that maybe we didn't cover or just general conversation, uh, anything like that? Um, you know, just it's it's been fun to to watch it grow and the hard work, hard work, you know, not necessarily pay off because um, I don't feel like it has yet. But, you know, we're just always trying to do something different. And um, we hope that, you know, if people have had a bad experience in the past, they'll come back and give us a chance because we, we are changing fast and it's always hopefully for the better and with everybody in mind, whether that's a customer or the employees or um, the, the venue we're, we're serving. Um, we're just always hoping to make it better and, and relate to people um, in a, in a way that, um, you know, they, they get fulfilled themselves. Awesome. Thank you again, David. Um, will you quickly tell everyone where they can find you on social media again and what your websites are so people can look up both the uh, Mac and Cheese 5K as well as Mac and Noodles and then where they can find Capital City Wraps as well? Yeah, so we are at macandnoodles.com. That's M-A-C-N-N-O-O-D-L-E-S.com. The Mac and Cheese 5K, so Mac and Cheese 5K. That's not and, that's the letter N. So M-A-C-N-C-H-E-E-S-E-5K.com. And our new website will be CapitalCityWraps.com. Um, so any one of those, the CapitalCityWraps.com is not live yet, but it should be live by the middle of the December. Um, and we're just excited to see where this goes. And um, we're on social media, so Facebook and Instagram. We don't really use Twitter. Awesome. Thank you again, David. And um, I look forward to having you back on. I'm going to, now that you keep growing, we'll just have one and talk about the wrap truck and the reflect back on the Mac and Cheese 5K some where over the next few months, I think that's a great idea. So thank you again and uh, everyone for listening. And thank you guys. Share what you've heard on the podcast. Try out the Mac and Noodles food trucks. Try Capital City Wraps. Give them feedback. I'm sure as a new food truck, new concept, they'd really appreciate feedback and you guys to keep coming back um, and helping them with that. As well as sign up for the Mac and Cheese 5K. It's prize money, but the fun is in the costumes, I feel like, and running the race and being with a community of people that have similar goals to you, to yours in terms of running as well as being able to eat some really good mac and cheese and and hang around with some cool people. So thank you everyone for listening in and have a great day.